This is the Horse Radio Network. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1329. This time, an excerpt from the Dressage Radio Show here on Horse Radio Network, where hosts Reese and Philip speak with Yousef SVP General Counsel, that's fancy words for lawyer, Sonia Keating, about safe sport, what it is, why it's important, and resources available for everyone, not just USEF members. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you, our auditors. If you'd like to become an HRN auditor, go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner. Tonight for our USDF show of the month, we are talking with Sonia Keating. She is the Senior VP and General Counsel at U.S. Equestrian. Sonia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we are really happy you're here, and we're really talking about something that's really important uh, that is now coming from U.S. Equestrian, but affects every USDF member and every USEF member. We're talking about the Safe Sport Program. Can you just tell us generally what that is. Yes. So the safe sport, as we commonly refer to it, is a movement that is aimed at ensuring that all of our athletes can train and compete in an environment that is free from all forms of abuse. So the intention is to cover different categories of abuse, such as sexual misconduct, physical misconduct, emotional misconduct, bullying, hazing, and harassment. So it really covers everything. So tell us a little bit about sort of what we as members can do and where are some resources we can find some more information? Well, the first first thing I would like to tell you is that we do at U.S. Equestrian, we do have a page that is dedicated to safe sport. Um, if you go to usef.org on our homepage, at the top, you'll see a link to safe sport, and that'll take you to a page that provides a lot of resources. Um, those resources include our actual policy that defines the different forms of misconduct. It includes reporting information, where to report if you have a reasonable suspicion that that any of this has occurred. It provides links to training. Uh, There's one that's specifically designed for parents. Um, There's another one that is designed which parents can benefit from, but it's not specific for parents, but for adults. And there's other resources, too, that are available for survivors of sexual abuse. There's a 24-hour hotline with RAIN that uh, we've partnered with that organization. And there's additional resources available, too. So we would encourage everyone to take some time and visit that page on our website. Absolutely. And it's actually super easy. We were all talking about, uh, right before we got you on the call, it's very easy to click on the, on. it's right on the top, on the safe sport. And right now, for, for as a certified instructor, I took the training. There sounds like there's been updated since I took the training. It, it's a requirement for us to take it. And I will tell you, you know, I'm not a parent, but I have, I'm very close to my nieces and my nephews. And I will tell you, I am really glad that I took the training just in general uh, for general information. And I even told my sister and my brother and my sister-in-law, everybody, uh, that they should also go on and take the training because it's really, really good information and and it's worth anybody taking some time. So tell us, 
who at this point is is needs to take it or how is that working for the organization? Sure. So right now, you know, we do have a few categories of, of people that are required to take it. That includes all of our staff, our board members, all licensed officials. And then there's other categories of individuals that that USCF have contracts with that are required to take it, such as our chef to keeps, the coaches for our teams, team veterinarians, and anybody else that falls into kind of a broad category where they're in a position um, where they could influence um, the outcome. So that would include our selectors, and that pretty much covers that covers most of it right now. For any events that USEF is uh, conducting, for example, if it's a clinic then we would require clinicians that are going to be working directly with athletes to take it as well. And, and there is a physiotherapy program, and those individuals are required to go through the, the safe sport training as well as the criminal background screening. So as someone who used to teach riding lessons, now the minority of my clients were children, but of course there are kids everywhere when you're in a bar and you have kids. Why did the U.S. Equestrian start the safe sport program? How did it become a thing because I went to the the page on the website and it's very thorough and there's a lot of really good information. So I'm dying to know what got Yusef involved in this. What, why did it start? Well, that's a great question. Um, if we dial back to about um, 2008, uh, following the Olympic Games, um, there were a lot of claims that were made against um, USA Swimming and coaches uh, concerning sexual abuse. Following that, we saw in a lot of the other sports, they were making these these headlines about um, these um, complaints that were made involving minors and, and athletes, and um, typically it was coaches. And so the USA Swimming was the first one to actually develop a formal program that was known as a safe sport program. Um, the U.S. Olympic Committee at that time identified that, you know, there's a, an issue that's common across all sports. And they needed to develop some sort of criteria to ensure that um, all of the sports were were able to address and, and manage these types of complaints. And so in 2011, U.S. Equestrian got involved, part of a working group led by the United States Olympic Committee, at looking at putting together some resources, which eventually led to minimum criteria, that each of the sports on the Olympic program, including equestrian, um, would adopt and adopt into a safe sport program. And following that involvement in about the 2011-2012 timeframe, we formed a task force and we tried to cover the spectrum on representation on that task force. Um, actually, George Williams from USDF was a member of the task force. We had someone who had been a young rider because we wanted a young perspective. We had a parent. Um, we had somebody from outside equestrian that was from another sport that had a lot of experience with um, in this in this particular movement, and we were looking at the minimum criteria that the that the United States Olympic Committee um, was was setting forth, and then what could we do and how could we develop a formal program for our sport? And so, as a result of that, in 2013, our board adopted a at the time we referred to it as a safe sport handbook. And that handbook contained five different strategies um, that we would utilize to try to address and the issues and ensure safe training environments and com competition environments for our athletes. 
at the time we referred to it as a athlete protection policy. Um, we had the criminal background check screening that certain individuals were required to successfully complete in order to perform in the particular role, um, the safe sport training. And then we had a reporting policy and of course an enforcement policy. So that has changed some since 2013. You know, we've, we've, learned a lot um, and there have been some changes in terms of what the best practices are and now we have what we refer to as the safe sport policy but all of those strategies that I mentioned are contained within the safe sport policy. So I see on the on the webpage I'm surfing around there right now you have resources for people who are victims of any kind of abuse that is covered within this program who can report suspected or abuse? Can, is it only the victim or can someone who is witness to it, so to speak, report it as well? So anyone can make a report. They do not have to be a victim. They do not have to be a member of U.S. Equestrian. Anyone can make a report and anonymous reports are accepted as well. And what's Im- important is that in 2017, in March of last year, an independent entity launch, launched known as the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, and it's based in Denver, Colorado. It was authorized by Congress in February of this year, and that center is the only national center to deal with sexual misconduct in sport, and so it has exclusive jurisdiction over all the reports of sexual misconduct that arise from the Olympic sport. So, in other words, If there is a um, reasonable suspicion that sexual misconduct has occurred and that the person who perpetrated that or the person that, you know, is accused to have engaged in that conduct, if that person is under U.S. equestrian jurisdiction, then the U.S. Center for Safe Sport has jurisdiction and they um, conduct the investigation. They also resolve and make a determination as to whether a violation occurred and they also will impose the penalties. And at that point, U.S. Equestrian is required to reciprocate the penalties, which means we we enforce it. So if they impose a permanent ban on someone for a violation, then we're required to enforce that permanent ban and disallow the person from participating in um, any U.S. Equestrian-related activities, including attendance at, um, at horse shows. Now, the center's scope of jurisdiction on exclusivity, it's just as to the sexual misconduct, Um, all of the other forms, so the bullying, the hazing, physical misconduct, harassment, any of those forms of misconduct that are non-sexual in nature, the U.S. Equestrian has jurisdiction over those, and they come through our regulatory process just like any other alleged rule violation. And on that webpage that you're looking at, um, you should be able to see in there, you know, very clearly that, you know, here is where you report the sexual misconduct and then all the other forms, here's where you report. And in both instances, there's a way to report electronically. There's also um, phone numbers to call. So all of these reporting processes and resources are separate from local or state authorities. So this is all something that happens within the the sporting community versus calling the local sheriff. Yes, that is correct. 
Um, it's also important to note, I mentioned earlier that the U.S. Center for Safe Sport was authorized by Congress in February. Um, they also expanded um, a statute, and now there is a mandatory duty for all of our participants to report any reasonable suspicion of sexual misconduct involving a minor. So anyone that knows about or, you know, if if there's a reasonable suspicion, maybe a minor reported it or a minor tells their trainer that, you know, um, their friend who's a minor told them that something occurred, then the trainer has a mandatory duty to report it to the U.S. Center for Safe Sport and also to the authorities. And that duty is imposed under federal law. And what Congress did in order to ensure that these reports are made is they have made it criminal um, not to report. So the question becomes, you know, well, what's the definition of a minor? Because as we all know, that's governed by state law. You know, in some states um, it's 16 and some it's 17 and some it's 18. For purposes of the reports in our sport, a minor is considered any person under 18 years of age. The center can assist with uh, making the report to the authorities. That can be that can be difficult for people. I've I've had to make reports, and sometimes it's not real easy. It's cumbersome because you're trying to figure out which jurisdiction to report in, and there's something that has to be reported. So there's always someone available to assist in making those reports well, to the handy. authorities. As because well. yeah, that's you're right. right. It can be very yeah. confusing and stressful for an already stressful and confusing situation gets worse. It's nice to know that the U.S. Equestrian has that resource available. Now, one more quick question before we run out of time, because the page is just chock-a-block full of stuff. Uh, talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the toolkits that you have. You At the bottom of the page, you have additional resources that you can download for free. And I found the mm-hmm. toolkits really interesting. Sure. So the toolkits, those were just put up um, here in the last um, several weeks. And again, it's the U.S. Center for Safe Sport that has produced these toolkits. They are for parents. And what's wonderful about them is they are, they've been produced um, based on the age. So it would be, you know, school age kids, high school aged kids, so that they're giving you some resources um, that hopefully would be helpful depending on the age of the kids you're dealing with. In October of this year, um, there's going to be a video, a training that will be released that is appropriate for minors. We will be making that available to all of our members, and we would encourage all the minors to take it with parental consent. So we will be pushing that out in October of this year. Excellent. So, Sonia, one more time, can you tell us where um, our listeners can find um, the Safe Sport page again and and all the information? Sure. Yeah. So you can go to uscf.org backslash safe sports right on the homepage USCF homepage at the top there is a bar you click on the bar and it takes you to all of those resources we try to make we try to remove as many barriers as possible to reporting um, again there's always someone there to um, assist you can go directly and we encourage people to go directly to the US Center for Safe Sport but if someone comes to U.S. Equestrian with a report, then we will facilitate and assist with making that report. But, but U.S. Equestrian wants everyone to know 
that if they are a victim of abuse or suspect, suspect abuse of any kind, there are resources and people to help them and that they are not alone. Exactly. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for coming on. This is uh, such an important topic and um, really uh, impressed with um, the website and, and really how well organized it is. And everybody should go take a look at it and, and look at the toolkits as well. So thanks for your time tonight, Sonia. Well, thank you very much. Well, that about wraps it up. You can find links to today's guest as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. Make sure to have all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go by downloading the free Horse Radio Network app from your app store. Works for iPhone or Android. Just search Horse Radio Network. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon. So until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>